0: life and how he's changed my point of view of what the word says i was a real rebellion spirit out there in the world living in this world doing things and i knew god was real i just really was afraid of what i was going to find on the other side and i'm thanking god every day now that i've been living for him that uh He's always, inve- he's always opened a new door, always showed me something new in his word, yes. in the spirit. I know his spirit is here today. I thank God for everything he does in this place. This is a church to be at and to be blessed at in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I want to thank Pastor for allowing me this opportunity to give the word on a Sunday. It's important that the children of God be fed. And uh, I thank God for that and for my pastor, hallelujah. Isn't our pastor great? He's a good man. He's a man of God. He fears God. So we need that. We need that in this world. Hallelujah. So if we can uh, go to the word of the Lord and uh, go straight into scripture and ask God to bless this word. Hallelujah. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 41. Good Lord gave me this word as I was talking to a neighbor of mine and we were discussing about what was going on. Delta. A lot of lives were lost on that hill, Calvary. And there was another life that was on the cross next to Jesus. I'm going to turn our attention to today. And I think of myself much to be that man looking over at Jesus, saying, huh, How am I going to do this? I need help. turned around and looked to find Jesus and like I said he opened my eyes to what happened on that cross and as he did to this man that was sitting next to him, well not sitting but next to him on the cross in verse 39 the word reads hallelujah and one of the malefactors which were hanged Railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself. When he was saying, when it says railed, he was mocking God or mocking Jesus, asking him, you know. But the other malefactor, which was a sinner, but the other answered, verse 40, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to use me and to be blessed. To bless you, the people, the congregation. Hallelujah. To open your hearts and minds and souls, spirit. Allow God to work wonderful miracles in your life this is a promise that was given to all that believe. Hallelujah. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your spirit, your strength, your wonderful miracle spirit that's in this place right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our spirits. Lord, my God, let your spirit run in this place, run this house in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing so long. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Again, thank you, Pastor. It's so incredible what we may think when we're talking to someone and trying to convince them that maybe they're wrong about what they believe. But what's so interesting, God puts so much information in a person that thinks they totally understand or believe. And I'm not the one to say that I am perfect or that I understand everything that the word says. But what's so interesting about it is that it keeps keeps saving. It keeps transitioning into individual lives. And some people need to hear it in a different way, in a different context. But the word is always the same never changes. And that's what's so powerful about the truth, about the Word of God. And uh, I tried to explain to the man that I was speaking to that God wants to save him, that God is going to transition him into a different place and an understanding of what God is, is giving to him in the Word. And he went to this verse, and I was like, man, Just because he uh, believes in grace and faith and God is going to whisk up everybody like he did this individual next to him, next to Jesus. That was a different time. That was a different life that this man that was mocking God at first, because in the Bible, it says in Matthew that these thieves also in Matthew 27, verse 44, it reads the thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. So if you think about what these robbers were thinking in their minds, you know, maybe both of them were. Matthew said it. it is, that uh, one of the robbers had to have changed his mind. It came clear to him that this man was not guilty. He didn't deserve the same punishment, but he did accept the fact that he was the guilty party. So much is true in our own lives. I know in my life, I see Jesus hanging on the cross. I know all the, the pain that he suffered prior to even getting to Golgotha, where all this death had happened, where many were crucified in those days for robbing, stealing, cheating, you know, committing sin. That's where they took him. They crucified him. What's, I deserve that death. Lord knows that I'm guilty. I thank God for what he did on the cross. And I look over to my side. In my car, I have not three crosses that I worship or anything. I have two crosses. One bigger than the other one. Because it took a bigger man to stand on, stay on that cross. To take my sins and bear them and not ask God to bring down wrath, to be taken up, to suffer, suffer constantly. The pain, hallelujah. But I have a smaller cross in my vehicle and it sits there. And I remind myself that I am the little one. I am the sinner. I am the one that deserves that crucifixion death. Hallelujah. But my father reminds me, hallelujah, that there is a paradise. Hallelujah. And that I'm going to be with him one day in that place. But there is a different death for us. Hallelujah. We, we must suffer a little bit, denying people that come around, maybe family and friend. We push them away and we ask them not to come around with the cigarettes and the and uh their addictions. We pray for them, but we ask God, please love them. But God ask us to forgive them. Hallelujah. God is a miracle-working God, Hallelujah. But I know this: there is a garden, and what is so amazing about the definition of the paradise, Hallelujah. He said to me, Hallelujah. Shuffling through these notes. Because God is doing wonderful things in our lives. Hallelujah. God is awesome. Hallelujah. It says the English word paradise is defined from the Greek paradioso, meaning a park, a pleasure ground, a forest, or an orchard. Orchard. In the Septuagint paradoso is also used to describe the Garden of Eden, which too was a real physical place. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Hallelujah. What grabbed my attention about this verse wasn't only that salvation was going to bring me to a beautiful place, but an explanation of that place. That's what really grabbed my heart, my attention. God confirmed it with me. He said, I got a message for my people, and I want you to let them know that this is available to all. Not just us in the church, but to, to those in this, in this world that sin against God. Hallelujah. In Genesis, it talks about this place. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he formed. We have to understand that we were formed from, from the dirt in the ground in that garden. Hallelujah. So that by him saying to be with him in that garden, in that, par- in that paradise. You know, we think of a place that's a paradise. We think of, uh, you know, an island and we see the clear waters and the beautiful landscape. And uh, we're astonished by the beauty of it. And what's so so clear to us, what should be clear to us, is the garden that God created from the beginning. That's what should take our breaths away. It's a place, and it's not here on this earth. It's in the heavens. God had created a place. And so in um, Isaiah, well, I'll share a a short story with you about critical, how critical it is to have a garden and to have a keeper in that garden. I used to do landscape for 10 years. And at the beginning of those uh, 10 years, five years, I was in a property where there were specific individual houses they had a huge gate that led into this garden in the back, and which was so incredible about the design of these places, these gardens for these particular individuals, is that they had a specific request, a desire, in which I had to learn slowly what to cut, what not to cut, what to feed fertilizer and what not to feed naturally, It took special skills, and I thank God that he gave me those skills. I was born with a special talent. Hallelujah. God's going to give us a garden. We will have to tend to it and give special, you know, special uh, needs to special parts of that garden. And that's one thing that I had to learn in this place that I worked at. And I would go to each individual owner and ask them what would they provide or per, prefer me not to do, prefer me not to cut, what to feed, what not to feed, And we had roundup, which kills weed. Some of them asked not to not to have that sprayed in their yard, so we had to hand pull these things, these weeds. And so I had a group of men that I had to train to take care of these things. There were sometimes that I would get a new guy he wouldn't know the routine, and he would go in somebody's yard and cut things up. There was consequences to this. Our Father in heaven has given Pastor Mehan a garden to tend to. And it's very delicate what he has to teach and preach and give to each individual. He has to bless them, know when to say and when no, not to say something. That takes a special man. As I gardened in this place, I learned that there were consequences when you did something wrong. If you didn't treat that person as they wanted it to be treated, their garden, hallelujah. It's funny how God works. We have emotions, and our emotions is our garden. That's straight from God. I don't know nothing about how emotional people get until you start talking to them about God. This man that I was talking to when God gave me this verse, he became very emotional, and he rebelled against God's word and said, no, that's not true. We're saved by grace and only by faith. I know clearly that we need to be baptized. We need to receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We know that. The Bible tells us. It's clear in the word. Hallelujah. That's not what I'm speaking about now. I'm speaking about paradise, the garden. We have to be right. Pastor tries so hard to bless everyone in this place, to suit their needs emotionally and throughout. And I think he does a great job. He's a man who fears God, and that's important. He studies the word, not as much as I do. Lord knows it is a a very hectic world out there. and We see different things. And I was in this world way longer than than what pastor was. For 20 years, I was in sin. And I've seen the hatred. I've seen the emotions. I've seen the gardens that man filled this world with. They created hate in this world. They created people, you know, they broke people's emotions. Hallelujah. They brought them down to the ground so they could be lifted up. And I was one of those people. I enjoyed destroying the emotions of people. Hallelujah. So I can't believe in why I'm up here. I'm emotional because God put a garden in me. And he prunes me all the time. And it hurts to know that I caused my father in heaven to be so graceful. I had had pulled people down so I could lift myself up. I hope you understand that I take no pride in those things that I did in the past. But Jesus said to me this day, he would be with me in paradise. That's my God. That's the God that I believe in. His name is Jesus, and I thank him for every day that I wake up. My life could have ended a long time ago, but I know he had a purpose for me. And I thank God that he is pruning me. He's perfecting me. He's allowing things to work in my life. He's allowing me to use these testimonies. I tell you, I don't like getting yelled at. But I love to hear the preacher preach. Hallelujah. If I'm doing wrong, I want the Lord to tell me. And if the pastor is the way that I get that fertilizer or I get that weed killer, let it happen in Jesus' name. Let God's will, my gate will be open. Hallelujah. Let his garden be tended in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My father is so so wonderful and so mighty. His word constantly sets me me apart from this world. Hallelujah. We sometimes need to have our gates closed to certain people in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my God is great. Hallelujah. He is a mighty God. I take great pleasure in what he does in my life, and it's only because he's doing such great things. Please don't be jealous of the walk that I have. It's available to everybody. Hallelujah. We have to give. We can take only so much. We have to remember the same that he gives we have to put out there. We have to let the people know that God is willing to forgive them, but also that there is a way to reach that, to reach that paradise. Hallelujah. This man was a sinner, but he understood. He had to change his mind. In Matthew, it read that he was mocking God as well. And then in Luke, it talks about how he rebuked the other sinner, the, the other robber, the thief, and said that he was justified to be in that place, on that cross, but that Jesus was a just man. Jesus didn't deserve it. Sometimes we have to realize what we're putting Jesus through when we're sinning. When we're saying something what we shouldn't say, or if we have a feeling against our brother, there are so many consequences. And if you, if you didn't make it Wednesday, please come Wednesday or watch online. The pastor's reading on holiness and uh, he's preaching on holiness. And uh, what caught my attention is how holiness is very important and not just about what we what we wear or what we say but also it's a lifestyle and it's important to know how to live that lifestyle. Hallelujah. I always remember how Jesus answered when they asked him, what are the best or what are the most important commandments? And of course, love the Lord, thy God, you know, no other images. But second was as close as the first, is to love our, our brothers. And how holy is that? We got to think of our brethren. We got to think about how vulnerable they are when they first come into this church. Even those that are veterans that have been here forever, lift them up. Allow God to use you and, and let him know that uh, he's still worthy. Walking along with God is a lonely place because you don't see the things of man. You see the things of God and godly things. And so it's easy for a man to walk by you and you don't even know how you can lift them up and make them feel better about who they are and what they're doing just by making a comment to them. I had helpers to help me tend to the gardens in these places, and I got into the habit of not saying, you know, you're doing a great job, or it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Uh, There would be some times that I would get tips from the owners of the homes and say I was doing a great job during Christmas, and I would pass it around to the guys and tell them, but that was necessary. At first, I didn't do it, but I, I started to learn that they needed to hear it as well. I wasn't alone when I was doing this job. Pastor's not alone in this church to help this church grow. We're here for Jesus to allow the Holy Spirit do his work to change lives and attitudes. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Fertilizing. A little bit like getting rid of the weeds. Uh, Allergies are not for the for the faint. excuse me hallelujah that sierra dust is uh, blowing out there and I tell you has no mercy on man either <laughs> hallelujah but here we see in genesis chapter 15 it talks about how god made man to keep it to dress it and to tend to it in our lives we go on and we act as if uh We don't need to tend the garden that God has given, and uh, I know my pastor needs help when it comes to understanding what the Word says and what the Word gives us and allows us to uh, bless our brethren, our brethren and sisters in church. We need to know that, uh, that we love every single person that comes into this place and that they by God's grace has been brought to a place that fears God and that has a clear understanding that God is real and that God has given his son a name for a reason that he may be lifted up that may he may be blessed hallelujah in revelations chapter 2 verse 7 Now, in Revelations, we know it talks about the end, but it also talks about what the Spirit says. He hath, in chapter 2, verse 7, Revelations, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat, Of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. It's in his garden. We strive to find peace in God, but knowing that we need everlasting life. We want to live with Jesus, we want to be blessed by his word constantly. But we also want that that fruit of life. See, Adam and Eve bit of the fruit of knowledge. There is another tree in that tree of life. That's what we strive for. We can't have everlasting life unless we have God. We need to be invited into that gate into that garden, into that paradise. Hallelujah. Into the truth of what God has provided. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 51, verse 3, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the heart of those that have been lost, those that are wondering where God is. Why is there so much pain in this world? Hallelujah. It is a wasteful place. Hallelujah. But God is going to make a place. God has made that place. Hallelujah. And so what's so interesting, he says, and will make her wilderness like Eden. He's going to take it and make a garden. Hallelujah. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Hallelujah. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Hallelujah. The voice of Jesus. Can you Can you imagine the voice of the Lord whispering in your ear, telling you how great you are, hallelujah, for obeying his word, for following his commandments and working according to his will, hallelujah. Giving the love of Christ to those who need to be inspired by his wonderful paradise. Hallelujah, Jesus, you are great. I serve a master who is willing to give constantly. But according to his word, hallelujah. According to his way, hallelujah. That's what's so understanding about him. He is a God that never fails. When he says something in his word, when he tells you in in that time when you think he's not around, hallelujah. When he gave me this word, I thought, man, This is a simple sermon. And as I read, he pulled out that word paradise and he said, this is where I am. Hallelujah. This is where you can find me. Hallelujah. Make a paradise of your own. Make a garden at your home. Hallelujah. Remove things that don't need to be in those places. Hallelujah. Things of this world can creep their way in. And it's all it is is a weed. You can spray it with weed killer. You can pull it, pluck it, do what you want, but remove it. Hallelujah. Don't let it grow too tall where it's going to cover other growth. It takes nutrient out of the ground. Hallelujah. It allows things, other things to grow. Other weeds. I can give you a different different types of weeds, but there are a variety of weeds that can grow in the ground, and you can see in dandelions and all these different kinds, and basically they have, a, a, they have a, a purpose, but the purpose we have in our lives to remove them is to allow God to be fruitful in our lives, to allow those trees to grow, to allow our Children, grandchildren, whoever may be in your life, who may be be able to come and visit you. I know there's a lot of grief out there about visiting people. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first to say, God has made a way for visitors to come to my house now. I want to give them Bible studies, but there's things that need to be removed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God knows that my room, my living room shouldn't be the shop. <laughs> I've got working material in there and stuff. I've got maybe questionable movies and stuff. My son still lives with me. He uh I, I tried to keep it civilized for him, not too holy, but you know, but uh you know we, we have to. We 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 shouldn't we shouldn't alter our walk with god for family either that's another sermon for another day but i know god is working in my life to allow him to understand my son to understand that god is going to move in a great way i already warned my son i told him there's going to be change and it's going to start right here for me and my house amen to we'll serve the lord till that day comes hallelujah And so, you know, I know that the Lord has worked in such mysterious ways in our lives through COVID and uh, through transition and this government and uh, what they're wanting to do and what they're wanting to change. And I tell you, don't fear, because there is a paradise. If we're ready and our paradise is trimmed up fine and and looks good in, in, in the inside, what we do on the outside, what it, you know, what, what our neighbors will see, what our children will see, when your grandchildren will look upon you and say, wait a minute, this isn't a book I should be buying or reading. It's not what God wants me to do. So, hallelujah. We can't imagine the pain of Jesus. But I think Paul came close when he spoke about the thorn in his flesh. In 2 Corinthians, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Was a clear indication of what and how we need to approach what we see Jesus going through on the cross with the pain and the suffering. I went through a, a sickness on my sciatica, my back, and I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't stand. I, I I thought, you know, Lord, you for, you've healed me. You forgave me. Uh, why am I still going through this? And uh, it was hard for me to to stand for too long and went through it for about a year and a half. And uh, I still knew what I needed to do, as Paul did. Here, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength it is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirm- infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's to say that no matter how hard it got, Now, how much the pain, the suffering, I still came to church. And that's not to lift myself up, but that's just to let you know that God rewards those as he did with Paul. He gave them sermons, gave them testimonies. Like Paul said, like Paul said, in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's what we need in this world that's turning into a different place. We need the power of Christ to lay upon us. To continue, I have so many testimonies about how I almost died and how almost this and that. But I tell you, I shouldn't be walking right now. That was a part of the infirmity that I had when I flipped the car, broke my neck, and woke up in the hospital and Jesus said, go home. I stood up on my feet and I walked home. That's the infirmity. Of course, I have suffered, but that infirmity has allowed the power of the Holy Ghost to live in me, to allow me to walk, allow me to wake up every morning, allow me to testify here at this pulpit, to allow people to know that God is real, that the power of Christ may rest Upon me. Hallelujah. God is a wonderful God. He has healing power. Hallelujah. And it is incredible that He allows us, or He allows me. He reminds me that He healed me, and that power lays on me that all I have to do is look and see him there on the cross to remind me why I'm still standing, how I'm still standing. It was through the crucifixion, through his power. When he was on the cross... When he stayed on the cross, through his Holy Ghost power, I am here. Hallelujah. Through his will, by staying on the cross, I am here. Hallelujah. I thank my Lord, my God, my creator, my savior, my everything. He's Alpha. He's Omega. Hallelujah. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the beginning of this soul. He is the end of this life. God has given me the power to give his word according to his will, not by my own understanding, but by his. Hallelujah. And I will fall on my knees and let him know that he is worthy. He is worthy for for the praise, for the worship, for the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah it is not of my own understanding. Hallelujah. I thank Jesus for everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank the Lord. Hallelujah. For his wonderful word. We can stand in closing. Hallelujah. I have one more verse. And I know God has done great things in all our lives. And I pray that you will also be able to give testimony. To your neighbors, to your family members who are stubborn. I know we have those. Hallelujah. That's the world. Hallelujah. We got to reach them. We got to let them know that the power lays within you. Hallelujah. The garden is in you. You're tending to it. Hallelujah. You are removing things. You are doing things. Hallelujah. Allow God to bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 11, verse 28, But he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. That's every single word, every single parable that Jesus gave. The power of those words will stay in the hearts of those sinners that you talk to that you help understand that God is real, that he is true. Hallelujah. Oh, if there's anything that God wants to do in your life that you feel God pricking at, tearing away at, hallelujah, allow God to bless you. I thank God for all that he's done in my life, and he's still doing great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's doing amazing things, and I do not sell it short at all because everything that God gives, he gives willingly and free. (laughs) Jesus is awesome. He is God. He is amazing. Hallelujah. We can close our eyes and ask God. Let's ask God to remove things in our garden. So it can be a paradise that God can work in our souls. This altar is open for anyone who wants to lay down whatever ground that needs to be tilled in their life. Hallelujah. I welcome you to allow God to work those miracles in your life. Allow God to move in your soul, to move in your family's soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your neighbor's house, hallelujah. If there's a Bible study that you have been wondering that if you should go out and, and give to someone, let it be God's will, hallelujah. Pray about it. Let God bless your neighbor, hallelujah. Or your family member in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord Almighty God. Have your way with our hearts in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, Father, there are family members in my life that I know you can touch. Hallelujah, that you can move in. Hallelujah. Watch we watch trust in children. you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless your children A in Jesus. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Jesus' name, we come to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I give myself Jesus. away. Sorry. I can't use me. I can't.